0: of Turin is one of the most researched and studied relics in church history and profoundly impacts many who encounter its mystery.
1: As a person of faith, looking at it through the eyes of faith, um, I don't think it can help but, uh, but touch your heart.
0: Something that we can look on, not only to bolster our faith in those moments of weakness, but also to deepen our faith and our appreciation, our intimacy with Christ. Join Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. As they examine the science of the shroud through the lens of faith. Really interesting scientific information that I, we didn't know about, uh, like the pollen from all the different regions of the world. This, as the shroud traveled around, it picked that up. Some of the mites, uh, things like that was really interesting to me. I mean, this made you really want to
2: believe it a lot more. It's impressive. Like, humanly, I don't think, like, that is another level of love. It's not a, I'm going to I like, oh, I love you, I'll give you a chocolate. No, I'm giving you more than my life. I'm giving you my suffering.
0: Asking both experts and disciples, who do you say I am? Um, as far as who the man of the shroud
1: is, I, as a, as a person of faith, and kind of reviewing the evidence there, it, it seems that a convincing argument can be made that it's, it's Jesus of Nazareth.
0: Visit patchworkheart.org to learn more and get exclusive behind-the-scenes updates for your support.
2: Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith yearning to know if the seed planted in them, as a child, is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed— that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278. Welcome to the Sewing Hope podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Anne DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of Sowing Hope. I am Bill Snyder. It's wonderful to be with you and thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, We are in the middle of yet another series. Uh, We are doing the uh, Synod this time around. If you missed our very first episode of the Synod, I hope you go back into our um, archives, and you find the first episode um, of that, because this is episode number two, probably of 10, so uh, we're, we're into that 10-part series kind of kind of mode these days here. Um, but we're super excited to be with you, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Anne DeSantis. And, how are you?
3: Great, Bill. And it's, it's so good to be here on this series, because I think we're unpacking something that's very relevant right now that's going on. Uh, the Worldwide Synod that was started by Pope Francis last year, and it goes until next year. So this is our second podcast. And I think we discussed that we're going to talk on this one, not only about the process of the actual surveys that went out all over the world, but also one of the biggest aspects that I think that they're finding uh, as to reasons why people might decide that they are not going to stay with the church or what, where they're unhappy. And mm. one of those areas is the welcoming. So we're going to spend a whole podcast on that and talking about what does that mean.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, being welcoming and, you know, definitely talking about the survey too, which is, I think, an important aspect of this, this whole thing. I mean, you know, the, the church wants to learn about, um, which is a good thing wants to learn about where it's percept where it's being perceived as disconnecting with the with 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 society right um and so how do we reconnect um and so well one of the best ways to do that is through a survey so i know you've you've spent a little bit of time working with um and learning about the survey and, and that process of what what go what went into it so I'd love for you just to share with us a little bit about that.
3: Yes. Uh, what this, the name of the survey, it's called the DMI, which is this is Disciple Maker Index. And it's a 75-question instrument that was used not only by, you know, United States archdiocese and diocese, but actually all over the world. It is the largest and the most robust study of Catholic life that's ever happened, uh, ever. And so it's really a big thing that 450,000 people have taken these surveys and have participated in in them worldwide. Uh, I was actually just on a webinar today with the Catholic Leadership Institute, learning more about what we can learn as a church, not only those things that we're doing correctly, the things that people like about us. Like we can look at the top three things for your parish, for instance, that the parishioners said what they think is your highest qualities, but also what they call those areas of, you know, of of opportunity, really, that's not to give it a negative sense, but more that positive that it's not so much the, you know, the, the, the good or bad of it, but maybe what can we learn here, right? Mm -hmm. That's the most important uh, aspect of this. And I just want to invite people also to go on the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops website at the USCCB.org and look at the, the page there for the Synod. There's a lot of information there. And it says that the Synod is a two year process listening and dialoguing between, uh, excuse me, beginning with a psalm opening in Rome, which began on October 9th and 10th of 2021 with each individual diocese and church celebrating the following week, uh, October 17th, that's when it started. And it concludes in 2023. And our Holy Father invites the entire church to reflect on a theme that is decisive for life and its mission. He says, it's precisely this path of sonality which God expects of the church of the third millennium. The journey which follows in the wake of the church's renewal proposed by the second Vatican council is both a gift and a task by journeying together and reflecting together on the journey that has been made. The church will be able to learn through her experience, which processes can help her to live communion, to achieve participation and to open herself to mission. And those three words are the ones we can reflect on, which I know you said during the first podcast is that communion, participation and mission. Yeah, And it's just a very big thing, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it is. And, you know, these again, I, I again, the surveys, I mean, I think, you know, as you pointed out, the points of opportunity where the church can, um, you know, and let's be clear, we're not talking about um, the church changing its stance on, you know, the deposit of faith in any way, shape or form. We're not talking about them, um, you know, changing doctrine and dogmas, you know, left and right. We're we're talking about areas in which uh, the the human person can come into contact w- with the church in a more palatable way right um, you know the the teachings of the church you know and the deposit of faith can't change right like that's something that cannot change it 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 would be um, it, it would be of course you know completely um, you know wrong for the church to do that it's it, it Pope Francis is trying to get the uh, church to become open to a wider um, plethora of, of people. Because, you see, what ends up happening is, in, in society, like, you know, J- Jesus reaches out into the peripheries. He reaches out into the peripheries to, to gather and to call those to holiness right and what when the church only serves those who it is serve you know who are walking into its walls um, then then it's you know we use the term preaching to the choir right it only preaches to the choir this is about reaching beyond the walls of the church we cannot sit back any longer and that's kind of the way you know, in, in that quote you just read, Pope Francis kind of highlighted it, right? Like this is the call to go out into the world and and bring people in. So um, you know, offering a survey, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this survey is being offered in some in some pretty different ways. So it's not just uh, you know, in, in the churches, yes, you can find it in your archdiocese, your diocese, but the reality is, is that, you know, the the Pope has tried to make this widely available to society as a whole. So if you're uncomfortable approaching your parish because you might have some issues with, um, you know, personalities in the church that hurt you or whatever, the the Archdiocese and, and the Vatican, I believe, even has this survey as a touch point for those who— um, are are not catholic or not um or or are you know struggling with their faith or whatever and they can go you can go to a website um you know typically on the archdiocesan website and fill out the survey and and talk about you know your honest answers because you know that's how again without sacrificing church teaching without changing church teaching that's how the church can understand um how best to evangelize and reach into the peripheries of our society you know if we it, think about it, if jesus never went to the peripheries if he never went into um you know tax collectors homes <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and pulled them out you know and, and and said come follow me now it's time to come follow me if he never went to these places um you know the church would look vastly different than than it does today. It would be just, you know, a a uh, myopic little um, church that, that 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 didn't spread worldwide. Um, and so this is the inspiration of the Holy Spirit working through our Holy Father to say, all right, you know, let's let's reexamine how we do this and quite honestly, how we do this in the 21st century or 20, 21st century, too.
3: Exactly, very well said, because all those things are very important when you take out that magnifying glass, because that's kind of what we're doing here, aren't we? We're looking at ourselves and asking people their opinion. And when you ask somebody their opinion, the people who go to that church are members of a diocese, archdiocese, um, and they tell the truth. You know, there's, there's ways that we can look at it which will help us to see what we're doing right, and also these areas that we really need to say, you know, let's rethink. And I think that's really the purpose of all of this. The purpose is to to be able to look at things like, and I'll just give you some of the terminology, like the key drivers, the the Catholic journey. When you look at the different Catholic journeys of people, where they are, and they put them on a scale of like, from five being the highest and one being the lowest, five being those people go to daily mass, and the people who are very devoted to their faith and for being people who Sunday mass goers who are not quite 100% like maybe loving their church or or devoted but they're there every week right and then the twos and the threes and the ones I mean they're the they're the areas of opportunity right. people who are on that Catholic journey and then you look at it as those strengths and opportunities and there's ways that you can improve like I'll just give you one example one of the things that we talked about today on the webinar that I attended was that if you're in a church where you have most of the people on their Catholic journey or in the ones, twos, and threes, which is like that lower spectrum of, of faith, when you when you're figuring out your, they just give this one example, like your weekly confessions, they find that people who are more devoted to their faith go to confession more often, right? So they're there every week. Maybe they need to extend their confession hours or have confession more readily available when most of the people in your church are fours and fives, right? Mm -hmm. And so if they're ones, twos, and threes, maybe there's other areas. I mean, obviously, you still have confession available, but the priest isn't sitting there for an hour by himself every Saturday for two hours or or whatever. I mean, that was just like one, one example that they gave, that depending on your demographics, depending on their Catholic journey, depending on even the age, right? Like if there's a lot of young adults there, you want to offer more things that are geared for that age group.
2: Yeah. So
3: simple things that you can do when you know uh, exactly who you're dealing with. Now, of course, not everybody took the survey. So some some of what you decide to do is going to be based on your own intuition, right? You know that not everybody took the survey, but say you're in an older parish or something. You know, you you can make decisions that are based on the, the demographic and the Catholic journeys and those key drivers of the people that go to your church.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, again, reaching into uh, and down into those three twos and ones is so is so very important. Oh yeah. Uh, and and developing a plan, whether it be for your pastoral staff or whether it be for just you yourself you know h- how do we reach into that and you know maybe during christmas and easter when many of those you know as we <laughs> as we have come to understand it the uh right we hear that term yeah. a lot the creasters, right um you know m- maybe that maybe the welcoming maybe the uh, you can explore different ways to target um you know those those people who are Those people who are passively coming um, and doing it um, as one of my uh, pastors used to say as a per, uh, Pez dispenser for the sacraments, you know, it, it, you know is the church mm-hmm. just a Pez dispenser for our sacraments and a, and, a, and a thing to check off or are we inviting them into a personal and holy and beautiful relationship with Jesus Christ um which is you know what those four and fives you're experiencing right that's what they're experiencing, so how do we um invite you know invite people to uh come along that and honestly it's um you know many of those ways are the personal invitation the per- like you know we can we can talk about it all we want on podcasts, we can preach about it from a pulpit or a priest can preach about it from a pulpit all they want, but until um there is that discipleship that walking along. Um, and I and I love that it's uh, called the discipleship index, the disciple measurement index, or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's the that's the beautiful um, uh, encounter that we you know like where are you along the you know the journey? And you know those of us who are early on in that journey, those one, two, and threes, um, need people to walk alongside of us and show us the you know the way to push us deeper in and you know deal with our you know sinful uh, patterns and behaviors and deal with and push us um to uh holiness and so we you know we need that um and and to listen to us right listen to our hurts and our sufferings and everything we've been going through We, we need those buddies and so if you're out there in the parishes or you're out there um you know as pastors listening to this think about those ways that you can um empower your parishioners and especially those high energy you know four or fives to really go out and meet those people down down below, because that's a that's a big piece of, of, of evangelization and also discipleship.
3: Oh, yeah. No, really good points. And these are all things that, that you're talking about or things that I heard when I attended the webinar with the Catholic Leadership Institute. And that's what they're hoping to do, is not only to educate people like you and I, Bill, but everybody, so that everybody is part of that, because you know, it's not going to change unless everybody's on board or that a lot more people are on board with that whole welcoming things. I know that's sort of the theme of this, our podcast. And part of that welcoming is, is the pastor and his message, but it's also just those friendly faces when people feel like I belong here. Right. Mm -hmm. And even sometimes aside from, you know, doctrinal issues, sometimes there people are on board with certain things with the faith, but they just don't like that church. (laughs) They don't like the pastor, right? And they don't feel comfortable. So, I mean, we have to look at that and say, for every church, you know, how can we supply the needs, but staying within Catholic teaching and Catholic doctrine, as you said at the beginning of the podcast, but be those friendly faces to them so that they feel that they and their family belong there. And I think one of those biggest ways is obviously Sunday Mass, right? Because that's when most people. I mean, what, 90% of people are going to get that interaction from just being at mass on Sunday because they're not involved in all the other activities. Right. Not everybody is. And not everybody attends daily mass either. So it's that Sunday mass experience where they really do uh, feel that need to be welcomed. I know that a church that I used to be a member of, what we did was we had greeters so that people, when you walked in, I used to be a greeter. It was just simply to say hi to everybody. And and so that they would recognize that one face of someone who said hello, you know, before they sat down into their pew. I think it makes a big difference.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I think the other thing too, you know, just to explore that as well, not only doing that before mass, but doing it after mass as well. Yes. Um, and, and, absolutely. and, you know, having those people hang around um, you know, uh, I was talking to a friend earlier and he was saying, you know, when I see a young man that goes into, um, mass, uh, that I don't know, you know, I pull him aside at the end of mass and introduce myself, right? And I say, Hey, you have five minutes to just chat, you know, let me, let me invite you to this. Let me, let me talk to you. You know, it's, this is not about, um, it's not about. Uh, forcing you to go to some program or whatever it's just about introducing you and say hey here's an invitation to learn more you know I'm 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 heavily involved in this parish I I, you know I would love it to share with you my faith and share with you like that is something that we can do Um, again because when when people feel personally in like, like personally invested I think it's one of the biggest uh, things that worldliness sucks up is you know we we see it on our commercials all the time right commercials I mean it doesn't matter what it is they're they're trying to tug at heartstrings in commercials right because they know that if they if they can manifest and say oh man I am um showing you that I care about you that I'm invested in you I mean like you know, uh, you think about every one of the, uh, you know, the one that comes to mind off the top of my head here is, you know, like the like the uh, K jewelers, right? You know, every kiss begins with K. Well, you know, they they show you along this journey. They're every guy looking for a wedding, you know, engagement ring. Uh, wow. You know, you know, they show you. Oh man, okay, they care. You know, and they know. Like, imagine if the church did that. Imagine if the church, mm. you know. And here's the thing here's here's the here's a real catch k doesn't really care they just want your money and they want you to buy an engagement ring through k jewelers Uh, jesus and the church really does care and it's not just to sign you up for some program it's to get you to heaven right and so that's our that's our goal like it's not about getting to go to some men's or women's group or go to you know the night become a knight of columbus like i'm not interested in signing you up for anything i'm interested in your personal salvation and if and if people and you know your walk with christ and how i can help you right like if that's the if that's the approach that disciples take those four and fives take before or after mass as you mentioned as greeters as just people who who are reaching out and and deeply caring not only are lifelong friendships formed but that's how the church ends up being transformed and so be because it's this effort that is so grassroots and we, and we need it. We need that in the church. Um, and so if you're on fire for Jesus, step up like that. Step up like that. And you will see the parish transformed. Pa- pastors encourage people to do that. Um, I guarantee you, you, you will see a drastic change in your parish.
3: Yeah, that's a good invitation, Bill. I, I like how you directed that to the people listening, because that's who we, right, Bill and I, and our, our podcast, Patchwork Heart Ministry, the Out Ministry Network, the St. Raymond Anatas Foundation, who we care about, right? We're on this mission together to evangelize. We're not just evangelizing you who are listening. We're evangelizing ourselves <laughs> and our families, right? I can't say enough, though, if that if you would um, check out um, the, the, that website for the Synod, um, definitely check it out uh, at the usccb.org. Um, please do. And also learn, just learn more, because it's it's just very very important to to learn about it and how you can help. Um, the only other thing I want to mention, which was mentioned today when I did the uh, went to the webinar, is that we're caring about people's salvation and about their getting to heaven. But I thought, in in further unpacking that, part of that is imitating Christ. For us. Us to get to heaven is for us to imitate him. It is for us to be him for other people. And quite frankly, we won't get there unless we do that. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying this to make it sound like, you know, it's all about just and me getting to heaven or Bill. Right? It's about all of us. But we need to understand as a church that, that Partaking in ministry, in spreading the gospel, and in caring about being Jesus for the sake of love, not just as a ticket to heaven, right? Because you hear that a lot people that say they care about people getting to heaven. Well, care also about the way it's done, right? (laughs) Care also about the way that it's done, because it's not just you you evangelize them and make a big checkbox next to your name that you did what you were supposed to do. Right. You do it because you are imitating the person who you love and who loves you. And because that's all of our job. Right. So thanks, Bill. Yeah. Thanks so much for all you do and for this podcast. And I hope that all of you stick with us for the next episodes because we are going to, go through all of these different facets. Like today we talked about welcoming. So we're going to talk about other things like priest homilies and the importance of that and talk about the importance of the other ministries that churches offer. Cause there are reasons that people either stay or leave churches is that they don't like what they offer. So we're going to talk about all those aspects.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well folks uh, you know, we do encourage you always to reach out to us. Uh, you can uh, very simply at, Uh, sewinghope at patchworkheart.org. That's our email. Uh, You can reach out there. Um, But in addition to that, um, check out our website, patchworkheart.org and patchworkheartradio.org. You can find all of our podcasts and everything there. And I want to just, as we wrap up, um, remind you as well that we're coming out with a documentary on the Shroud of Turin. And so uh, we're super excited about that. And uh, there are different ways that you can help support our film. Uh, and uh, in its production stages, we're in the final production stages, getting ready for that uh, daunting post-production. So if you can, uh, reach out to us and uh, support the film. We've got some exciting updates for you and whatnot as well um, as that winds up. But um, until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Art Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep feeding to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into those broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope, on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or Andesantis2.
0: The Shroud of Turin is one of the most researched and studied relics in church history and profoundly impacts many who encounter its mystery.
1: As a person of faith, looking at it through the eyes of faith, um, I don't think it can help but, uh, but touch your heart.
0: Something that we can look on, not only to bolster our faith in those moments of weakness, but also to deepen our faith and our appreciation, our intimacy with Christ. Join Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry as they examine the science of the Shroud through the lens of faith. Really interesting scientific information that we didn't know about, uh, like the pollen from all the different regions of the world, as the Shroud traveled around it, picked that up, some of the mites, uh, things like that was really interesting to me. I mean, it
2: just made you really want to believe it a lot more. It's impressive. Like, humanly, I don't think, like, that is another level of love. It's not a I'm going to say, oh, I love you, I'll give you a chocolate. No. I'm giving you more than my life. I'm giving you my suffering.
0: Asking both experts and disciples, who do you say I am? Um, as far as
1: who the man of the shroud is, I, as a, as a person of faith, and kind of reviewing the evidence there, it, it seems that a convincing argument can be made that it's, it's Jesus of Nazareth.
0: Visit patchworkheart.org to learn more and get exclusive behind-the-scenes updates for your support.
2: Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278.